Hello survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 76 and in this edition we take a direct flight to Gajuju and 2009 as we revisit Resident Evil 5. My name is Sai and joining me on the panel this week, he's been on every episode of the show so far, so what is that if not complete podcast saturation? It's Firebutton Steve Valance. Come on, come on, hurry, hurry! <laughs> Punching through the boulder of time difference to be with us here today, it's Michael Burger time early. I, I only have seven minutes to play with you. It's going to be a very short podcast. Let's get off. <laughs> and forget the BSAA, he's part of some kind of lethal company. It's Moist Owlet, aka James. Insert screams. <laughs> Always. First Aid Spray is recorded in front of a live Discord server audience, so join now to hear the show early and unedited and to become part of our wonderful little community where we discuss life, the universe, and Resident Evil. You can find a link to the server and all of our social media at our website, fasprayPod.com. You can also find links to our merchandise store and our Patreon page. First Aid Spray is nothing without our supporters. Tis begin at just $1 a month with a host of benefits. Head over to patreon.com forward slash fasprayPod to support the show. Okay, let's do the housekeeping. Of course, welcome. Welcome to season six of the show and welcome to our Patreon, to our newest member, Stay True. Thank you for your support and thank you to all of our Patreon support who recently got access to, if you are of a certain tier and above, the Now That's What I Call Survival Horror episode of Resident Evil Director's Cut, the DualShock Director's Cut. So yes, the soundtrack with the Farting Clowns basement theme. I picked my top ten songs from that soundtrack in a attempt at a kind of reappraisal of things and say that, you know, there is more to it than just the goofiness that everyone knows. Um, meanwhile, over on our YouTube and the podcast feed, we dropped uh, the latest episode of A Moment of Relief, which is the first day to break five-year celebration slash you know, look back at the state of Resident Evil over the last half decade. And over on YouTube, Tear Death Experience ranking all of Chris Redfield's outfits, which features an outfit, several outfits, from the game that we're going to be talking about today, of course. Uh, that's everything from us. Would you like to take us into the news, please, Steve? So our first story, Capcom confirms more remakes are on the way. Uh, the, this may have been a translation error, we're not sure. Yes, so this came through from IGN, um, and it was Yasuhiro Anpo um, in an interview with IGN Japan. And IGN reported it as saying, he was asked if they will announce its next Resident Evil remake in due course, referring to Capcom, and he said, yes, we've released three remakes so far, and they've all been received very well. Since it allows a modern audience to play these games, it's something I'm happy to do as someone that loves these older games, and we want to continue doing more. Um, but also, there have been people that said, this sounds like a bit of a funky translation. He might not have been as direct as saying, yes, we will be announcing another remake. It might be more along the lines of... If that's what fans ask us for, kind of thing, you know, a bit of the middle of the fence, which yeah, is usually the, the Capcom, answer. right, the Capcom way, the business way. I mean, honestly, even if it is as straightforward as what he actually meant was, yes, it's, I don't think it's that surprising, is it, Bergs? No, not at all. Um, in fact, I, I think really what he was trying to say, avoid saying was, yes, but it's going to be Gaiden and you're not going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> um, James, how do you feel about this? I mean, yeah, it, whether or not it's true, I think we're all kind of expecting it, right? Yeah, it's kind of poignant that we're 
that that news comes on the podcast <laughs> of the game that we're Which doing Resident today. Five. Because yeah. it would be... I mean, you know, I think we all know what should be coming next, but, like, I think, yeah, also, I think probably RE5 is coming next, if it is going to happen. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we, we've also been given kind of hints and stuff as well from the surveys that Capcom has put out, too, um, as well. You know, they can be as vague as they like, but I'm pretty... <laughs> I'm, like, 99% sure oh, yeah. uh, that we're going to be getting remake for more more remakes uh, from uh, this yes. point forward. For sure. Five looks likely in some fashion. Remakes look pretty much certain. Whether or not it's next, obviously, that's definitely a debate to be had. Steve, where are we landing on this? Again, as I say, I don't think... It's, uh, it's kind of an on-story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Capcom are making more remakes is not really, like... Confirmed or not confirmed, most Resident Evil fans are going to look and go, yeah, probably. Like, they're, they're sold gangbusters. <laughs> yeah. They, critically, generally speaking, are received very well. I know there there is a small part of the audience looking at me with venomous eyes going, when's Resident Evil 3 Nemesis Edition? I need my clock tower. But excluding them, weirdos, <laughs> like, yeah, it's looking pretty good. Like, mm. I, it's more... We literally, as of the next news stories that we're getting to, we are now basically the equivalent of my grandparents looking at me expecting to me to make a child for them. You know, it's like, when's the next Resident <laughs> Evil thing coming, Stephen? You know, uh, yeah. you're old enough now. Uh, so I don't know where I'm going with this tangent. But point is, it, yeah, it, it, it does, it's a non-shock. They're like, yes, they'll be working on something. Do we know what it is? No. Personally, I think it's not going to be RE5, James. Just saying. I know a lot of people seem to think that it's going to be I don't mm. think it's going to be. But I, I don't mm. want it to be RE5. It's going to be Code Veronica. I'm in. CV, I think, is a good shout. Yeah. Uh, I, if they're going to do a new remake followed by a remake, like a more low key thing might be the way to go instead of from 4 and 5, which are both big time deals. You know, I, I would agree with that. I think I'm in that boat as well. I think it's mm. going to happen. RE5 remake. I think it probably is going to happen whether I want it to or not. Um, but yeah. I'm going to make a guess here. Uh, and we can clip this later. Uh, I think if we see an RE5 remake, it'll come in the form of a VR update first. What, as in for the classic RE5? Yeah, mm. they did that with Resident Evil 4, because they did v- Resident Evil 4 VR, and yeah. then did the remake of Resident Evil 4. So I think if, Maybe, yeah. if Burger, we see you are a genius. Resident Evil 5 VR, that's just like the classic one, but done in VR, because, you know... That's enough of a wild card idea that, like, I can believe that's some kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. Like, it's also a perfect segue, isn't it? <laughs> mm. So, uh, our next story, then. Uh, the last bit of Resident Evil content that we know about, Remake 4's PSVR 2 mode, is out right now. You can play it. If you're not listening to this, then go play it. Unless you have a PSVR 2. Then, I mean, yeah, do, do both at the same do time. Do both at the same time. Absolutely. Oh, man, yeah, I, can't, I, mean, I, I can't wait to play Resident Evil Remake Remake. <laughs> now that they've, they've announced Resident Evil 4 Remake VR yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh, obviously with the VR things it's the same as always I don't think anybody has anything to say about it because we none of us own VR 2 and there's some surprises about to drop on me um, from some direction excuse you but, uh, <laughs> oh really okay is that the surprise no I, I just yeah, I don't have VR for a long yeah, time yeah I know I know <laughs> um yeah, I mean, the reviews that are coming out seem to be pretty positive. The people that I follow that happen to have access to it seem to be having a really good time with it. It's not really surprising that it's reviewing very well because 
I mean, it's VR and Resident Evil. At this point, it seems like a obvious success. 7 was a big deal. Village seemed to be warmly received. The Oculus version of RE4 has just got mentioned, was very successful. And so has this as well, I guess. I think we're probably all in the same boat as we can't play it, but we'd like to give it a try. So I don't know if there's much more we can really add to this, <laughs> I, you know, by going around the table. I, I do have something uh, to say. Like, I, go for it. I'm wondering how much actually costs Capcom could to, to do these games and if they actually make a profit like to to create these VR games. I mean, right. Because, I mean, we go over the same subjects every time these VR games come around. You know, none of us mm. have it. Um, well, not the majority of us don't have it, you know, so we can't take part in it, right? But it's just like you know that the sample size is really small, right? And I'm just like, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's a business thing, so I, I shouldn't really care about it. It's just like I'm very interested to see if they do actually make a profit based on this. I say it's platform I, exclusive, right? It's just PlayStation, not PC. Yeah, specifically so, PSVR. So the uh, the thing about that is. Um, because it works on PlayStation, it works on the PC. You just have to do a little extra finagling to right. unlock it. Yeah. Um, I do happen to have the software that allows me to do it. It's a second. It's a secondary software that just activates the VR controls that are like in a game if mm-hmm. they're there, um, and they exist. So it's just as simple as linking up the control bots. And Village in um, VR is. Almost as terrifying and immersive as uh, Alan, that's not Alan Wake, um, Half Life Alex, right? Um, which yeah. is a wonderful gaming experience. Uh, so, like, do, do they make money on it? No. Do I think it's a good idea that they're on VR because that for that sample size? Yes, because they're good. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like they're, they're the thing that everybody who plays VR talks about, right? Like all of that sample yeah. size goes. That's um, the one that's a game. I mean, right. RE7 was, wasn't it? It was the yeah. poster child for, yeah, for PSVR. Mm-hmm. Until Half-Life Alex. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I think because, like, that audience is hungry for good content. I'm hungry mm-hmm. for I haven't turned on my VR in weeks. So, um, like, I w- I'm hungry. I was hungry to try it out. Yeah. <laughs> I think okay. m- my only thoughts on it now are, unlike Village VR... Like, Village was pre-baked into a first-person setting first and then became a third-person game. Why there isn't just like a... You know, if it is for the other platforms, just a first-person variant mode of Resident Evil 4 Remake, um, Mm. I would imagine it's in some way plausible or doable. If they can do VR, they can do a lot of other things, you know? Yeah, very very fine point indeed. Um, I suppose you could say, why not just have a third-person Resident Evil Village? (laughs) I mean, there is one now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's move into the main topic then, because the big juicy one. It's been a long-awaited. Uh, you know, these game review podcasts are always one of the big ones, and this is a big game indeed. We are, of course, looking back on Resident Evil Five, one of the most successful games in the Resident Evil series. And now, reading the file from Chief Researcher Brandon's journal number one from Resident Evil 5, Phil Dickens, who you can follow on Twitter at AK Black and Red. December 4th, 1966. Mr. Spencer once spoke of a flower called the Stairway to the Sun. Supposedly this flower would give the person who consumed it incredible abilities. Everyone thought it was nothing more than a rumour or legend that Mr. Spencer was telling us. But later research would prove us wrong. The first person to recognise the validity of that story was my teacher, Dr. James Marcus. He hypothesised that a virus, hereto unknown, 
might exist that could alter DNA. That man was so perspicacious. His hypothesis turned out to be correct. The virus discovered in that flower was labelled progenitor. For three months in Africa we worked diligently, fretting over results and staved off attacks from the Indopire. After such time, our efforts were finally rewarded. Even Dr. Marcus, who until yesterday looked exhausted, was in good spirits. He wants to return home as soon as possible to delve deeper into his research. I feel the same way. I want to learn the secrets of this progenitor virus as soon as possible. So there's a lot to dig into with Resident Evil 5, so I guess in terms of background, um, obviously when it came to the 2000s, we had a big shake-up with Resident Evil. We had lots of weird spin-offs, but we had the change from fixed camera angle to Resident Evil 4, which, you know, I think... I was going to say arguably saved the series, but I don't even think it's arguably seems a bit unfair. I think it's fair to say that it it, it saved the series at a huge uh, impact on the industry. So a lot of pressure to follow that game up um, and what Resident Evil 5 would become. And a lot of things that Resident Evil 4 definitely did right, but a lot of people were alienated by it as well. It's sort of secluded nature when it came to the story. Um, so there were a lot of... Also, some things that Resident Evil 5 could potentially do well and pick up the slack a little bit from. And also, because of heading in the more action-oriented direction for Resident Evil, which was apt because that's where the industry was heading, uh, Resident Evil 5 became the first cooperative Resident Evil game um, in the series. This was also the first time that uh, Jundakuchi helmed a Resident Evil game as producer by himself. And uh, released in 2009, so that's four years after Resident Evil 4. Um, it's the first Resident Evil game on Xbox as well, so another nice little tick in the column. Um, and it reviewed to pretty good scores across the board, just thinking sort of like 80s and 70s, um, 9s out of 10s down to 7s out of 10s. It's a very interesting game, because of course, as I say, it's following the massive success of Resident Evil 4. It's doing a bunch of brand new things, including setting the game during the daytime in Africa. It's a big turning point uh, for the series' story and lore, as well as character transformations for several characters who felt very different from their previous appearances, at, the, at saying the very least. Um, where did we all come into Resident Evil 5? Where were we all with the series at the time? Do you remember your first time playing Resi 5? Uh, Steve, I'll start with you. Oh wow, this is going to be a big one to unpack. Yes, Here I do <laughs> remember. Like, um, excluding the fact that I had been smashing the demo in half when that came out um, mm. and playing it with friends. You know, nice having an online demo is the public assembly and the the first chainsaw fight. Um, launch night, uh, I went to a midnight release at my local game station. Rest in peace. Uh, to pick up a special edition, I still got the shirt somewhere in a steel box thing, and and then I went around to a friend's house and we basically mainlined it for two days just 100 percenting the thing uh yeah neither say i was i was in a good place because like unlike a lot of resident evil fans i am one that can get on with the old school and the new school third person i didn't really lapse like I, my high pony is like reach steady highs and middling people you know middling troughs but never never gone um mm. so yeah that that launch night weekend going for a midnight release getting my fancy shirt which doesn't fit but it's still intact yay go me um <laughs> yeah and basically i my friend had a hd tv 
I had my Krusty 360 being done through an AV cable because they still could. So I had a nice 4x3 resolution while they had the HDTV and I could see their screen and we just played through it. The, the, yeah, it was, it was a fun it was fun two days. Uh, and I then went on to get a bit of a reputation of helping other people be professional for a while around my friend circle because everyone got it, but apparently I was the only Resident Evil fan worth a damn. It was a, the Lightning Hawk is actually better than Infinite Rockets. Look, I'll show you. Bang. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> good, good times. Good times. <laughs> I had uh, somewhat similar, um, obviously, although all completely different because I sort of was a bit of a lapsed fan at the time. As I said before, with Resident Evil 4, it did the things I was, you know, not my hashtag, not my Resident Evil about it a little bit. I more watched it being played than played it myself. I had a couple of friends that were really into it, including one friend who had never played a Resident Evil before that point who jumped in at 4, which is completely understandable and completely reasonable. So he was quite excited for Resident Evil 5, especially because it was co-op. So me being the big Resident Evil fan um, and him coming in and being the big Resident Evil 4 fan, it was like, cool, this is a game that we can play together. And I seem to remember we... I don't remember if we bought it, uh, picked it up from somewhere in a store or, you know got delivered or whatever the situation may be in 2009 but i do have a strong memory of going to a battle of the bands a local battle of the bands and coming back with quite a degree of pace because it was like all right after this then we can settle in and play resident evil 5 oh that's um, cool there were, there were a few people around at the time to see us play the beginning of the game i don't know how far we got in the first night but yeah i'm pretty sure we cleared through it in the second day and um yeah proceeded to kind of rinse it to be honest uh, just because it was, you know, it was fun to play co-op. We were chasing the achievements, which was quite a new-ish concept at the time, I suppose. Um, we did the thousand G on Xbox, and then I kind of we stopped playing it, and I kind of I was like, oh, I'll trade it in because I had mixed feelings about it, sort of the entire way. And we'll get into that. Bergs, what are your earliest memories of Resident Evil Five? So, uh, very much the same, uh, except I, um, I worked at GameStop when this game came out mm. and I had my copy at home four days ago, um, because they had come in on a Friday and we had, couldn't sell them until Tuesday. So me and my store manager, who was my best friend at the time, devoured this game. <laughs> a lot and then I I remember playing it for years We I only played through the storyline a couple times I didn't like devour the storyline so much but like we just loved playing mercenaries mode yeah um just hanging out it got to a point where it's like you're kind of doing the levels kind of on automatic and you're just there to chat and uh bullshit right. um mm. It's such a fun and, and bananas game. I remember having a really um, great time with it. Uh, I also incidentally remember like my hot take, like when people be like, oh, how's Resident Evil 5? And I worked at GameStop, so I had to have a cool thing to say. Was I think it's a fantastic action video game as far as a Resident Evil game. It's not my favorite, um, mm-hmm. which I stand by. Uh, it's not my favorite Resident Evil, but it's a, it's a great game to play. Yeah, that's that's probably fairly accurate to how I felt about it at the time. And it's funny because you say about sort of devouring and rinsing through it. And Steve made a comment. We played it recently together in preparation for this. And we got to a certain mission and he was like, ah, yes, it's the one that everyone plays over and over again to maximize your money so that you can get all the upgrades. And I was like, yep, this is definitely the mission that I've played the most. Didn't play a ton of mercenaries, but I definitely remember <laughs> playing that mission over and over yeah. and over again. Uh, yeah. So, James, usually, obviously, it's like, well, what was your first experience with this Resident Evil 
Um, oh, you know, it played for the first time a couple of years ago with Steve, but as a, this is not necessarily the case with this one, right? No, it's not. I actually, I actually, on release, I actually played the demo. Mm. Um, and bear in mind, I knew uh, this was during a time when I knew nothing about Resident Evil as well. And my uh, my first proper experience was Resident Evil 4 a few years prior. Right. So when I came yeah. into this game, I was like, oh, this feels very similar. <laughs> this feels very familiar, you know. Um, yeah, so I really liked the demo. And then I got it on release when it came out. Mm. And I remember playing through the entire game. Um, but the problem was is that during that time, that it was like a haze because there were so many action games that were coming around that time. Mm. Plus, we had a lot of action movies that came around mm. at that time. That, And because I didn't know much about Resi either, it kind of fell into obscurity and I barely remembered anything about the game. Um, yeah, and then when I played it with Steve in the before times <laughs> um, the before times <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I like I completely forgot it again um, so mm-hmm. I, but I only remember very so, I think I remember playing with Steven going oh I remember there's like this part and this part but and then I but I was getting mi- I was getting RE4 mixed up with RE5 um, but yeah and then I played it you know uh, the past couple weeks uh, with with my friend and I forgot the entire game again <laughs> it, was only, it was only five yeah. years ago i think i'm gonna go into that later but i think that is a that is like one of my biggest problems with the game is that i can't seem to absorb this game into my brain <laughs> like, you unfortunately and it's wild not to, put, not to put the cart before the horse but i know where you're coming from a little bit there so yeah we'll, we'll definitely get to that um so when it comes to it, obviously, talk about the gameplay first, I think, because it's the, it's a major part of it. It was a major part of the previous game with Resident Evil 4, so it's always, always going to be a major part of Resident Evil 5, especially being the first co-op game and stuff like that. But before we get necessarily deep into the gameplay, as I said, we are following the revolutionary Resident Evil, the one that is still held up, um... And it's in a. It's got a big shadow that it's kind of living in, which is ironic because it's set at daytime for the most part. Um, so I guess more than anything, how does Resident Evil Five feel compared to Resident Evil Four? Like, how do we feel about it as a kind of a direct sequel to that? Like, this is really when you think about Resident Evil as part of eras, like one, two, and three. That will make sense. And then we go four into five. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, Steve, how do you feel about five as it follows four? We're talking mechanically, or yeah, yeah. Um, when you break it down to brass tacks, if you rip Shever out and you were just Chris on your own, the main gameplay difference is you've lost the attaché case, you've got mm-hmm. a few more melee moves, and you can now strafe. You know, you can move left without turning left, and you can move right without moving right. And yet, this doesn't sound all that deep. But then the second you throw in an AI partner, and like, oh my goodness, and you can give them subtle orders, and basically, I want you to be a more passive combatant or an aggressive combatant. It, yeah, that bundling together with an item management is surprisingly fun little cocktail to play with, I feel. Mm-hmm. Everyone bashes Sheva's AI, but I generally, like, if you give her a rapid fire weapon and then a short, slower weapon, like a shotgun or a rifle, oddly enough, she has two modes of attack. She'll have a bit more... Uh, a bit more nous, for want of a better term. 
the enemy roster is a lot more diverse as well. Uh, and I don't mean just in their ethnic background, I mean in what they can do and how they approach combat. Because normally, like in RE4, you would have just Gonados, or you would have just the Wolves, or, you know, just Creature X. You wouldn't have multiple different packs attacking you at different times. Oh, right, that's the point, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Surprisingly fun gameplay wrinkle there, I feel. Um, the only downside is there's no merchant. Uh, compared to the original right. RE4, like you know, that had a lot of personality to the game, and this game is a lot more serious. It's a lot more straight-laced in that, and then it, now it's just an interval screen, and uh, it loses a bit of charm. The gameplay loop of find loot, upgrade weapon, shoot monsters, progress forward is still there, though. Um, mm. I feel like I'm just going to be rambling more and more basic gameplay things, so I'm going to pass over. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, we can we can move to the next. I mean, like, it's interesting. I've got a couple of points. I'll just say one before I move on to next. But uh, it's really interesting playing Resident Evil 5. And I've always kind of thought this, but even more so playing it this time. People really thought, myself included, that Resident Evil 4 was a huge departure from what had come before. But when Resident Evil 5 came out, it actually it felt like it pushed Resident Evil 4 back towards the closer games. Because the tone of Resident Evil 5 is so different to Resident Evil 4. Even though, ostensibly, it does play pretty similar, like you say. There's a bunch of bell, extra bells and whistles and stuff. Um, but, like, tonally speaking, it's really interesting to come after Resident Evil 4. Which is, uh, like, this sort of weird European fairy tale sort of... <laughs> twisted fairy tale sort of thing. It's got its own... You can almost forgive it for being different because oh, it's got its own monsters and stuff. Uh, this one kind of goes... And you know what? That one's spooky. I mean, this has its spooky moments, sure. But that one, 4 feels more like it fits with the other games better because this is so wildly like, oh, well, now we're you know, driving across the African savannah with a Gatling gun, you know what I mean? Um, James, how do you feel about Resident Evil 5 following Resident Evil 4? Uh, I don't... I don't... I do have something written down here, but it was it was in it was in conjunction with my uh, notes about Resident Evil Five, and like you've already mentioned it, which is the co-op. Mm -hmm. I think the co-op in the game is what completely changes it, because mm -hmm. when you if you play Resident Evil Five, like even though the gameplay is very similar, it's the co-op that changes the game. Um, in comparison to Resident Evil Four. Like mm -hmm. there are other elements too, which I will get into when I talk about Resident Evil Five, right? But that is like kind of the biggest, like yeah, kind okay. of change I, I saw, and yeah, and it, it and it completely like made it a different game, even though it was very similar. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's interesting for me because uh, so far we it's a lot of like this is what's different, but there's also things that are the same in literally where it was like and. This stuff's always rubbed me the wrong way, and it continues to do so. Is and maybe it's because it beca it's become a, a problem with Resident Evil still to this day. But there's some Resident Evil 4 aping quite intensely early on at the beginning of this. The public assembly is very much like the village defense. Mm. Uh, there's an exploding truck on a on the bridge, which is essentially the same thing for Resident Evil 4, where you've got the truck coming at you down the hill. And then there's a, you know, they couldn't even wait. This is the big one. One game before doing another monster with a power tool. Oh, Here we go. Just go with a chainsaw. And obviously now that has become a thing that's in essentially every game to some extent. Um, yeah, that one's like, yeah, okay. It's like you didn't even, you saw all the thing, a bunch of things in Resident Evil 4. 
that worked, and then he just went, we'll just do it again, which that's something that I didn't necessarily like about it, but whatever. They um, they removed weapon upgrades and exclusive for some reason, and that really bugged the me. The exclusive upgrade? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Didn't think about that. Hmm. Only the merchant can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Not pause screens between missions, they don't know. Yeah, they um, don't have Bugs, the heart. How, That's right. Bugs, how do you feel about 5 following 4? Um... I think I agree with Sai's sentiment a whole lot. Like mm-hmm. I, you said that, and I, I was like, "Whoa, yeah." Um, four does feel a whole lot like the rest of them after you've played five, where it's it's almost cartoonish in its um, mm-hmm. bombacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good word. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but you know what I mean? It's like. Everybody is so overblown and so overdone and yeah. so absolutely bonkers that when you take into account that, like, looking at it now, like, watching you and, and Steve play it and James uh, and James's friend play it, um, I noted that it looks cel-shaded almost like a comic book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, you know, when you think about its execution in terms of, like you said, everything is done between missions it it just feels very comic booky um, in comparison to some of the more flowing stories that we'd seen before. Yeah. Uh, without harping too much in the gameplay, y- y'all said it a lot. Um, I can save a lot of my gameplay notes for it because the melee attacks that are different are really cool, and they're especially really cool when you're playing a lot of mercenaries mode um, hmm. because there's a whole separate meta game to that based on your character's melee abilities. Like. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like coming off of it, I, I guess I remember at the time thinking, "Oh, this is a great Resident." Evil. I want Resident. It's not my Resident Evil games, but um, you know, I I didn't I didn't hate it like a lot of people did. I still yeah. had fun with the game, and then you know, played other stuff for those other buttons that I wasn't getting. Sure, uh, we'll get into Resident Evil Five gameplay now rather than just doing the comparison thing because it should be treated as its own thing. I mean, for goodness' sake. Um, Resident Evil 4 might be the game that everyone points at as kind of the pinnacle, but Resident Evil 5 was the best-selling title for a very, very, very long time. And obviously it does have the benefit of being immediately released on multiple uh, platforms, and one of those being the Xbox 360, which was a big deal at the time, obviously. Um, But yes, let's get into the feel of Resident Evil 5, how it feels to play. And we talked a little bit about some of the stuff that I've got here, you know, about co-op. Um than the mission structure, which I feel... I do get it. Like, I do... I, I don't disagree that it is missing some charm by not having the merchant. Um, and I think I said, let's not compare it to RE4 too much, but I'm just about to do that in the sense that it, it's kind of a hard line. You know, it makes RE4's village feel, or, 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 you know, entire location, feel more like a explorable location that you could wander around from A to B a bit more. Um, even though it did have a mission structure in Resident Evil 4, whereas 5 is a bit more of a hard line of that. It's this is These are more like arcade sort of uh, shooting galleries, I guess. But it works, because that's kind of the intention they went for. They very clearly had an image of what they wanted to do. They wanted to make it about mission to mission to mission. It wouldn't really work uh, co-op-wise, necessarily, if it was wide, open, explorable areas. And co-op is not the only way to play Resident Evil 5, but it works so well. Uh, that it's absolutely what everyone says about this game is if you're going to play it, 
you should play it with a friend. It's so much more fun. And who'd have thought that Carl Brezzi at the time, when this was about to come out, would actually be a, a good time? Whatever you might think about the tone and the scariness or whatever, in terms of the, the fun, chunky, responsive gameplay, it's great fun to play. Uh, Bergs, I'm going to chuck it to you in that case. Uh, how do you feel about the way that Resi 5 feels to play? So Resident Evil uh, 5 is a blast. Uh, it is fantastic fun. It is such a great time. And um, like, I, like I said, I spent a lot of that time playing Mercenaries mode with friends. Hours and hours for years mm. when we were looking for downtime between other games. Um, and there was a lot of content that released for it as well. So... Mm. Uh, talking about the gameplay it, it is cool for you know putting picking it up for an hour or so because of how compartmentalized it is um doing bonkers stuff trying to chase that <laughs> thousand like you said um because you really could just like grind away at a mission on professional until you can get the high score um you know and you're still having fun with your friends but yes absolutely this is not a game to play alone um play it with a friend uh, preferably one that'll chat with you indeed it's just Something about it where it's like, hey, you want to shoot some monsters for a while? Yeah, we can shoot some monsters for a while and just do a mission or do a couple of missions and then whatever, you know, move on. Or, as you say, chase like S ranks on whatever difficulty on every mission. If you want to be real professional about it, like it's got those layers to it depending on how you want to approach it, which is really nice. Um, James, how do you feel about Resident Evil 5's gameplay? Uh, I'm going to come off here as very critical. Because um, I want to talk about the co-op gameplay, because I think everyone else is going to have everything else covered. But uh, this game was like a really big departure from the series, like traditional survival horror stuff, uh, by introducing the co-op. Um, it it led the game into losing, in my opinion, the franchise's most important important element, the horror of it. Mm. Um, like when you have a co-op partner, it meant that a lot of all the scary moments. No, no matter how small they were, they were lessened even further uh, because the timings were all out. Cut, like all the timings were out because of cutscenes and stuff. Right. Like I never felt once scared in this game mm. while I was playing it with my with my friend. And even if I was playing with Shaver, I wouldn't. <laughs> However, <laughs> I don't often um, praise RE6, right? But I do think it can be done in future games, and I think RE6 went the right direction, like what mm. it did. Um, cause it like dumbed down everything to like, I'll go over it later in, in aesthetics, but when I say dumbed down, I mean like the, the aesthetics and the lighting, like, cause in this, this game is so bright and mm. the co-op elements just made it not scary. It didn't feel very Resident Evil to me while I was playing it. I did love the teamwork aspect of it where it would split you up and you'd have to support each other. Like yeah. it's not, it wasn't super complex stuff, but it was super welcome to do that. Mm. Um, yeah, it also, it also because of all that, it also allowed Capcom to get a little bit more uh, smart uh, or clever with their boss battles in the game because they involved you like they involved involved you both to succeed. It wasn't just one person carrying the other person. I mean, you could right. do that, but like like the most obvious one in my head was is the um, the Wesker one where before the volcano where you throw a yes. rocket at him and then your friend blows the missile. You know, and that's a really cool aspect. You know, it's a really, really interesting way to spin the game. Um, also, the the Jill fight as well is a big one. Mm. Um, <laughs> that took us about ten tries, but we got it in the end. Um, 
yeah, the way... I, I am going to go back to kind of negatives, though, <laughs> when it comes to the co-op, and that is that it was super jank uh, in terms of the sessions that you create. Um, and the way they worked was also really strange. Like, being forced to play local co-op to share weapons with each other. That's yeah, a bit that's odd. A bit odd. Yeah. <laughs> you could... Yeah. And you, you could share ammo, but, like, other things you couldn't. No weapons, nothing. It's so weird. Uh, but if you play local... You can use the same cash pool, and you can share the weapons. <laughs> it was it was so weird. Um, there was clearly I, I think they did that because there was some kind of balance issue or something, but it just made it less fun for the player. And it's a single player game, so mm. like, you don't it doesn't need to be competitive, you know, <laughs> or anything. So right, yeah. But yeah, that's 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 all I have to say on it though, because I think everyone else got quite a lot to say about when it comes to the gameplay is a huge part of this game. Um, I, I had a lot to say about co-op, though. I guess, you know, they are, at this point, figuring out what online play and sort of land play is and how it compares to local play and stuff like mm. that anyway. So I sort of understand you sort of have these weird decisions that don't really, in retrospect, make a whole lot of sense. Um, but you're not wrong, for certain. Um, when it comes to the co-op stuff, you're right, though. The boss examples that you've just given, I'm glad that there are moments in the game where you go, okay, you kind of justified the co-op a little bit here. Um, yeah, by having yeah. those boss fights and other than that it is really obvious stuff but it's not in a bad way you know like we both must operate this switch or now we're going to have as you say a moment where we split up and one person will cover the other with sniper fire or whatever and sometimes those moments as simple as they can be add some tension I, w- I would agree with you that this game is not scary at all at any point for me it, you know there is some tension and the uh on-the-fly sort of inventory that replaces the attaché case, I think it's probably the biggest source of potential tension when you have to swap around some stuff in the middle of a fight or you, oh, I desperately need a grenade now or whatever, so I better, and it's not on my D-pad, it's in one of the corners, so I need to pop that open and yeah. mess around with that. That, that. that adds a certain element of tension, not scares. They're very different things. You can get it's, tension it's, in any game. It's more but. frustration. Oh, okay, like, that's fair. Yeah, like, I, I it, it's like... I, I kin it to jump scares in horror movies. Mm. Jump scares is not you being scared, it's you being taken unawares. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of the same avenue here, mm. because it's just, it's not scary, you're just going, God, I just want to press the thing, you know? <laughs> that's a, You know, that's all you, it's not horror, it's not inducing horror or, or fear into me, it's just frustration. Interesting. Okay, that's fair. Um, Steve, how do you feel about the overall gameplay experience of Resident Evil 5? Compared to some of its contemporaries at the time, it's very strong in its co-op stuff. Like, uh, you know, just pressing uh, two buttons to open a door together is fine and all, but like at the time we had just co-op partner would appear and shoot things alongside. Uh, mm-hmm. In this, Sheva is much more involved, even like, you know, separate sections dedicated to each ca- player character so you can like incentivize playing as the other character on someone else's game. Yeah. You've got yeah. the chapter select feature, obviously, so you can replay things to get better ranks and leaderboard stuff. But, um, yeah, I think, for me personally, one of the strangest things, I know we've just criticised the inventory system. I actually kind of like the fact that when I'm on a ladder, I can find a way to, if I use my, my fighting game skills and rapidly switch around on my inventory, I can reload all my guns in five seconds flat. 
Like, you know, <laughs> all, all that quick that, that, that quick maneuvering, like, you know, uh, not skill issue is not the right word, but having the ability to do finer, crazy skills like that. And it's a very helpful in mercenaries. Being able to quick load guns is cool. Being able to, you know, do combo attacks with your partner is cool. Having your partner literally lure a boss around and then you, you know, they sabotage the boss for you to then hit a furnace switch as they evade and get out of the way. That's cool. Uh, the whole gimmick of the Wesker fight being two pairs, and obviously one player, normally a Sheva, will try and distract Jill while Chris goes around. Logically, you know, the short-sighted Albert Wesker will be blindsided from round corners by a giant roided Chris Redfield. It's surprisingly <laughs> more in intricate than, you know, what is his name? Marcus and Dom from Gears of War just having two different cover spots covering each other. Uh, mm. Or, you know, even older, Doom had multiplayer, and it was literally you would just be picking up the same respawning guns, shooting monsters. Surprisingly more in-depth when you've got two health bars to manage, two ammo pools that drain at the same time. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I, I, maybe I'm not getting my point across, but the fact that there's a lot of crisscross between the players and different melee moves, and the fact you have to try and... Okay, right, uh, I haven't got any healing items. Have you got any healing items? Yes, I have, but I should save it for when we're both in trouble, or stuff yes. like that. That kind of conversation doesn't happen that much these days because it's either regenerating health or it's like a what's the what's the word destiny um you know looter shooter style things like that, that that's a bit more gear focused as opposed to you know yeah. what you have on you you know around you that you have to figure out the environment focused and i really really appreciate the game for that it's a very good point it makes players actually interact with each other certainly like I, this is a problem that i find more in board games than video games personally that i'm always very aware of get people around a table playing a game together sometimes those players are not actually ever into you know they might be working on their own goals and doing their own thing on the same board or whatever you're playing not necessarily interacting with each other or trying to trip each other up or trying to help each other what it might be so it's absolutely spot on, you know, managing different health bars, different ammo pools. Um, oh, I picked this up. This is more helpful for you. Or let's make sure we've got all got what we need kind of thing. Do you want the sniper yeah. rifle or do you want the shotgun? And then you have a discussion about, I prefer this. Okay, then I'll have this. And that mm -hmm. dictates whoever's role is for the next chapter at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that is definitely the wrinkle because... Yeah, otherwise it plays like Resident Evil 4 with, as you said, strafe and <laughs> that kind of thing. So it's a really, yeah, it's, it's regardless of how you feel about the horror, and as I said at the time, I had very mixed feelings because it didn't feel like Resident Evil to me, but I kept playing it because it was just fun. It was fun to play with a friend. It was a good time. It was as simple as that, really. Um, so gameplay-wise, <clears throat> I really have no negatives to give it, which is, I still have mixed feelings on this game. And I definitely don't have anything bad to say about the way that it plays, really. <laughs> yeah. I think on the horror aspects, um, not to derail, there's only like two enemies that even give me any apprehension in this game. Like, they're both insta-kill enemies. One's the chainsaw guy when you don't know where he is. And the other one's them bloody reaper bug things. All right? they, yeah. genuinely, they genuinely scare me, okay? Uh, an, an indestructible creature that blinds your laser sight. You have to kind of guess where the weak spot is. And it can just grab you and then you have a 10 seconds of rib puncturing is it's it's surprisingly <laughs> horrifying it gets under my skin in all the worst possible but fun ways hmm. okay well let's move on to story then if that's the case and we'll talk about the an interesting thing with resident evil 5 as i say like there, there were some things in resident evil 4 that they could potentially do differently and i think the story was probably one thing you needed to tie some of these new elements into the existing story and also 
move forward some uh, plot threads that we had dangling for a little while. So, you know, for the context, Resident Evil 5 set in 2009. Uh, at this point, Umbrella has gone under, as we know from Resident Evil 4. The problem is, is that all of their experiments and all of their wrongdoings have gone out onto the black market. So Bioterra is now worldwide. So Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine and friends have formed the BSAA, the Bioterrorism Security what is it? Assessment Alliance. Bioterrorism Security Yeah, something like that. Uh, <laughs> good lawn, no me. And um, at this point, however, Jill Valentine is apparently dead. And uh, Chris is haunted by the fact that she and Wesker jumped out of a window together. And apparently bodies were never found. But we've been told that Jill is dead. That is part of the marketing campaign as well, I believe. Chris at the grave of Jill. Um, and he's arrived to Kajuju to uh, help with a black market problem. But also in, to follow up on a tip that he's received about the whereabouts of Jill Valentine. Or some news on what the situation is. Um... And then begin game, essentially, where we encounter, we explore Kajuju, the fictional part of Western Africa, and encounter the Magini, who are the Ganado of the game, essentially, your Plagas-infected enemies. And get a little bit more background in the Plagas, and then a little bit more background in Umbrella and the T-Virus, perhaps most interestingly. Uh, Steve, how do you feel about the story of Resident Evil 5? The story itself or the lore? Like, ah, you see, that's that's the debate, isn't it? That's the yeah. whichever one you would like to start with, or, or both. Okay, so the story itself being basically a simple tale of Chris find Jill, kill Wesker, save day, while Sheva and Josh are basically around, uh, is adequate. <laughs> the lore is great. It's it's handled very poorly in how it's given to the player. Like. He, he, in the player, you, you're given files and folders that you can't keep with you, that you have to just basically stand there and read, which is great mm. in a single-player environment. Nine times out of ten, the best way to play Resident Evil 5 is... A co-op environment. So you're telling me that Jeff is going to basically make someone else sit there while he reads that document. It's not going to happen. They'll, mm. they'll run off. They'll, they'll, it's like a child at a coffee table. They'll find their way to get murdered. And you know, you, you just can't happen. You can't stand there and read files. It's just... It's incongruent to the gameplay. And then they have this really great timeline that's constantly being like reloaded or put in over the loading screens. But it's all over the place. Uh, it's great that you can read like that timeline and a handful of like overview files in the outside of the game in a menu, which a lot of people pour over. The whole... Tricell Lab, lots of great lore in there, but it's not incentivized the player one bit because they have to like deal with someone else running around in the background going, "Come on, come on, hurry, hurry." <laughs> uh, it's frustrating. Um, the actual character motivations of the main plot are strange and stupid when you think about it. This all boils down to Wesker could have destroyed the world, but Irving thought, "I'm going to do a deal in Kajuju, mate. Do you mind?" And it's all gone. <laughs> it all goes tits up from there. Like, uh, it, uh, yeah, like I, I, there's gonna be a lot of people probably coming for me in the comments going, "Oh, it's the best version of Chris and Wesker having the final showdown." Like, uh, it's okay. Yeah. I can understand. Characters. I can understand why they think it's yeah. a capstone, but mm. yeah, what, there's a lot of convenient circumstances in this, uh, mm. and that, that that's putting it mildly. Like you know, Chris and Sheva have a big fight with the Bat Beastie, and then. Oh, BSAA guy randomly rocks up with a Humvee. Oh, that's cool. 
they weren't using the radios the entire time. So where's he just showed up from? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Let, let's get into a fight with El Gigante. Oh, there's a Humvee there. Oh, there's conveniently now a, a jet ski there. Uh, it, 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 I, I, suspending disbelief school and all. Or, and there's some cool martial arts action pieces, but a lot of the story just flows because the story said so. Yeah, that's that's completely fair. I think this is a real mixed bag, um, but it's interesting because it's sort of there are two ways you can absolutely look at this. You can come at it as I want a dumb action movie co-op game, or I want the lore and the background history, and I want to feel like this is uh, tied closer to the Resident Evil that I know. Um, and you can enjoy it from completely both of those angle angles separately. But if you're one and you try and enjoy it from the other, you kind of get a problem a little bit. Because the main campaign is pretty surface level. Because it is designed to be a co-op shooter. I've said Time Crisis before we started recording this. So we're playing that in the arcade. But this is basically Time Crisis. Shoot dudes, move on, repeat. That's basically the whole thing over and over again. And that's fine and that's great fun. Uh, you don't need a whole lot of motivation to carry on shooting dudes. Just a little bit here and there. This guy's going to be a boss. We move on. And the lore is great. We get so much stuff um, in terms of furthering the series. The worldwide bioterror situation we're in. But also perhaps more importantly stuff about the past. We get more about Spencer, about Umbrella, about Progenitor and the Stairway to the Sun, which links Las Plagas to the T-Virus and everything gets closer and so on and so forth. And this stuff is great. That's the stuff that I appreciate most about the game. Um, and I really do appreciate that it kind of tries to juggle these levels of investment. You can play it as a dumb shooter with your friend or as a Resident Evil fan, you're going to get a bunch of new lore out of it. But yes, if you are looking critically <laughs> at the main story drive, it's absolute nonsense and full of holes. Um, and yes, if you are just here for a good time and your friend wants to read the files, that's going to really slow you down. <laughs> so they are at odds with each other. Um, but it, but I also like that it tried to do both at the very least. It's, it's a fun game, but also there is deeper lore to it as well. Uh, Bergs, how do you feel about the storyline juggle of Resident Evil 5? So uh, I have I have long... I have a history of, of hating the Resident Evil series, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I got to tell you, one of my favorite jokes I remember hearing when, um, you know, we were playing this game was a friend of mine once said, oh, we dropped the plot. No, don't. It's no time. You have to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what it feels like. Every It feels like a, a selection of mercenaries levels that have a little bit of story added to them. Um, we, we talk about... You know the, you know the feeling of Resident Evil, and and one of those original feelings is picking up files. Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, Steve made a very good point of like you're not always like another person's not going to sit there and wait for you to read an entire diary. Um, and I think that the game does a pretty okay job of of making the files shorter, much to the, my you know again personal. Uh, I think there's only a few that are like substantial, right? Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, and you know, part of that is because it is a co-op game. You don't want your friend to like have to wait for you to read everything. Um, I think the comparison to Time Crisis is apt. It goes back to my comparison that they're all just mercenaries levels with some plot. Mm. Um, that said, there is some fun lore. There's some fun characters. Um, I'll tell you what. I up until watching James play, I completely forgot about the guy from Jersey. 
Oh, Irving. Whose yeah. name I still don't remember. Irving, yeah. Use guys, as James says. Use guys. Yeah. Um. But uh, I, you know, as always, uh, I think the, the 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 stories of Resident Evil are always supposed to be kind of bad. Um, given the, the nature of the source material. Mm. Uh, and I don't say bad as in, like, I don't like them. I like them just fine, but they're it's not... kind of dumb. I'm kind of being they very... have to be kind of dumb, a, mm. a little bit. Mm. Um, I get that. Just just because, you know, you can't really take a giant, you know, oozing tentacle monster that seriously when it's whipping around like it is. Right. Um, but no, like, no real complaints. As far as, like, Resident Evil stories it go, goes, it, it, you know, I don't know that there's a lot of payoff that super sticks around right well, i mean the death of wesker i guess but well obviously yeah which is <laughs> but he's totally permanent. still alive like you know yeah. he survived two rockets to the face in lava in a volcano mm-hmm. right yeah well it's the resident evil universe apparently we get to the point now where they tell us characters are dead and they're not i uh if i'm gonna take a negative against the story i actually think the Jill Valentine stuff is very silly. Um, of course, Jill's dead. We've, it's happened off screen. Here's a flashback to it. Anyway, she's inevitably going to come back. In fact, they showed it in a trailer. Although, I you know, stand by the fact that you don't know that's necessarily Jill. You've got blonde hair or whatever. But it was pretty obvious that with the storyline drive of Jill Valentine is dead and Chris is searching for answers. She's probably not going to be dead. You're not going to kill her. They haven't killed off a major character even today. They certainly weren't going to do it off screen like this. And I think, obviously, it's even made even worse um, by her absence from the series after this up till Death Island, uh, which is uh, an unfortunate factor. Um, but, you know, on the plus side to it, I think good for them for not playing it safe, even when we talk about the big dumb action movie plot. They made that big dumb action movie plot, the final showdown of Redfield versus Wesker, um, which is quite surprising. They could have continued to draw it out and had it every Saturday morning like a TV show, but it is like a three-parter with Resident Evil 1 and then Code Veronica and they bump into each other again. And then Resident Evil 5 is the, the final showdown. So props to them for actually, I would like to say, you know, concluding a story but you know as you said steve wesker may or may not be still alive who knows uh see, see come back and listen to this in a couple of years after the resident evil 5 remake comes out and laugh at god us, no just let no, him no. die let him die james how do you feel about the the plot of resident evil 5 both the, the campaign plot and i guess the lore as well because they are separate things yeah um I'll, I'll talk about just the campaign first um mm-hmm. so yeah we we learned that about the conclusion of like the Umbrella Corporation, um, <laughs> we don't go through that, um, no, no, which yeah. I would have loved if we actually were a part of that somehow, um, and we weren't, which is a real slap in the face, I think, to the fandom, mm-hmm. um, to because you've been working to take it to Umbrella, you know, uh, for a number of games, and then it's that that agency is taken away from you as a player. Um, but like it was cool, like that they could try to connect previous strains to the progenitor. I like that. Um, and <laughs> while they did this, they like waxed lyrical about all the 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 founders as well. There's a lot of founder stuff in this game. 
Yeah. Um, which yeah. I appreciated. You got to hear like kind of the internal monologues. I while playing this uh, the third time, I was sitting to myself going, "I know this is like Resident Evil, and this is a thing that's going to happen, right?" It was just like, uh, you know, these men are so smart, yet they write and they say, "Ooh, I'm so dastardly and sneaky," um, but they write their, all their thoughts down on a piece of paper. Um, which didn't really make sense to me. Um, <laughs> never has either. I don't get it. Um, <clears throat> I would have really... We've already spoken about it a little bit, but I really, really would have loved um, to piece things together as you went through the game rather than having two or three lore dump areas. Mm. Um, because that is also a reason why this game doesn't feel resy. Uh, is because you had these treasure hunt... Th- sorry, these, these treasure dumps rather than treasure hunts. You know, where you would yeah, yeah. go around and search and, oh, I haven't been around this corner. What could be here? Oh, it's another handgun ammo. It's nothing else. You know, it's like mm. I, that is something I miss from this game. Um, uh, yeah, and this game is, is kind of going and getting rewarded for your exploration rather than just being given extra ammo. Mm. Um, and folks, yeah, the, the second part, folks are probably expecting me to connect this to newer games, and you'd be right. Um, because it wouldn't be <laughs> wouldn't yeah. be a podcast. Um, yeah, there no, are only a couple of theory. <laughs> <laughs> there won't be any of those, unfortunately. <laughs> um, because this game is very vague in ta- in terms of how it uh, deploys its lore, mm. um, and I like that. It, it tries to kind of connect things vaguely to other games, um, and outright saying it sometimes, right? But it also leaves things open um there are a couple of um a couple of notes in some of those <laughs> treasure dump areas like uh one is the village youth diary mm. and in that in that note um extremely similar circumstances to re4 and re village uh re village yeah where um basically the whole thing starts because people are being inoculated yep uh, vaccinated, which is incredibly similar to the other. You know, that's kind of the playbook when it comes to Umbrella or uh, whoever is doing that. Before the Umbrella, it was Miranda who was doing it. You know, mm. that is something that they've all t- they've taken inspiration from Miranda to do this. I think it's kind of interesting um, and a tie-in. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then there's a, a huge amount of information from Brandon, uh, researcher Brandon Bailey. I think is it Brandon yep. Bailey. Yeah, Um, he has so much information uh, about how the workings, uh, the workings of Umbrella, and um, where they've kind of gone and how they've done things, and uh, bringing back uh, the flower to the US, and it not working for some reason. That's cool. I think that's cool. That Mm -hmm. information is cool because it's like, oh, now you can, as a writer, you can build in whatever you want, you know, um, into why the flower isn't working. Um, I like that. Uh, yeah. Um, you know what's frustrating? I'm not, 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 not to interrupt you too much, James, but there's a, there's a yeah. frustrating thing about these files, right? There are a lot of lot of interesting lore. And like I said, the co-op problem is one thing, but there's like one that's a setup for the tribal area where you go like in the second zone, basically, you know, which is a bit racially insensitive, but I'm not going to go on that. The fact that the entire document explaining that stuff and what's happening is in an easily missable area right as you're under fire from a turret gun. Um, hmm. It's where you get the sniper rifle after you meet Irving the second time. Mm, yeah, like mm-hmm. an mm-hmm. important law like that, while you're also under pressure on a side document over, you know, that you might not even see again. Like, 
I love some of the lore in RE5 and like the justifications of things, but the way it's given to the player or it's emphasized yes. to the player, it's just done in such a strange way. Lazy way, I would say, to be honest. Mm. Like, it's, it feels slapdash. It feels like, oh, we need to put these notes in. Put them just in this. Yeah, Otherwise, exactly. people won't think it's a Resident Evil game. Exactly. Mm. Like, whereas in Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil Remake, the notes are always found in places that make sense. Mm. You know, like, there's a note about, like, school day, you know, found outside uh, a house. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it, it makes sense, whereas in this game, it doesn't really make sense. They just talk about everything <laughs> in these treasure yeah. dump areas. Like, maybe... <clears throat> maybe we'll get something with a reimagining like we got with RE4 because RE4R actually gave us a little bit more information as well on top of what we already had. Um, and mm. But, I mean, it is also something I like about RE5 as well, the vagueness of it. And I've said this like three times already, but like the vagueness is nice. They built on like the already established lore of Resident Evil. And again, it's like the newer games. They built in parallel to it rather than progressing the lore which uh, is needed in this franchise. Right, um, yeah. And they, like, they keep progressing characters instead of building them out um, and then forgetting about all the rest. Right, and they need to start doing that, but we'll get to characters. Well, it's funny you say that, James. Let's get into characters. <laughs> um, so, let's start. Well, actually, I'll just let anyone kind of go and talk about who they want to do as they talk about, I suppose. Um, but I wanted to say that Chris Redfield, you know, he sort of, it's interesting, right? Because this is obviously a big change for him here. This, and it becomes, we make lots of jokes about Roy Chris and how big he got because <laughs> he was scared of Wesker's superpowers. But it is one of the most iconic Chris Redfield designs and portrayals in the entire series. Like, it's definitely one that comes to mind immediately. And it obviously helps that Roger Craig Smith went on to play Chris a great many times after this. But this is his first appearance in the role. Um, and also we joke about his one-dimensional nature a little bit on this show. We always make fun of how Chris is kind of the boring one. But, you know, in this game, he has his moments because he sort of... He questions authority a little bit. He's not just the good soldier boy. And he's a bit sarcastic... Um, maybe it's because he's a little bit emotionally beat up in the wake of the Jill stuff. Um, and they, they do sort of touch on that a little bit. And he questions America as well, right at the beginning of the game, you know. He's like, you know, this is kind of, we're a part of this. This is kind of, maybe our country isn't as, we, can't, we shouldn't be blind, basically. Blinded by the greatness of where we come from, all this, that, whatever he says. Um, which I actually kind of like stuff like that. It makes him a bit more than a one-dimensional character. So, Chris, for this uh, this appearance, I really like him. Josh is really cool. Sheva's great, obviously. We wish we'd get more of her, because she just does kind of... She's good as a little bit like a... You know, she's a connection to the world around Chris, the situation he finds himself in, and is able to sort of set him up with what he needs and some bit, bit of backup and stuff like that. And she's got an interesting backstory, but she does play mostly second fiddle to him because the story is about uh, Chris and Wesker and Jill. Unfortunately, Wesker is rubbish. Uh, and I know, you know, very easy for me to... I'm sure some people will be like, you know, this is because of the voice actor. Now, I think at this point they'd completely lost me regardless. Um, it's really funny to me that this is the Wesker that went on to define the character... You know, he's in Marvel vs. Capcom and so on. Leather trench coat. 
megalomaniacal Wesker, but he has nothing in common here with Resident Evil 1 Wesker, and not a whole lot in common with Code Veronica Wesker either. Like, they obviously, that's a bit of a bridge. But I think he's just so over the top that it's kind of boring. It's like, you are just a stereotypical bad guy, which wouldn't be bad if not for the fact that this is meant to be a long-standing feud, not just between Chris and the pla- uh, Chris and Wesker, but the player and Wesker. And it's hard to identify that this is the same guy who betrayed the Stars team and then accidentally got kebabbed by the Tyrant. Because he feels so different. But there's my little Wesker rant anyway. Um, James, how do you feel about the characters? Wesker's abduction of Jill is lame. Super yeah, duper done. lame. Jill yeah. was literally sidelined and almost fridged in this game. Yeah. Like, her whole character was used to elevate Chris and Wesker, which didn't vibe with me well and shouldn't vibe with you either. Mm. Like, she's one of the originals, and she's consistently disrespected Mm. in this series. It's so annoying. Like, also, yes, you've got got one of my points, like, as well. Like, his story, Wesker's story is weak. Uh, I felt Wesker has had a weak story as a villain since Code Veronica, actually. Like mm-hmm. he he's cartoonishly evil is fine, right? But he was introduced to us as this cunning and deceptive person. Yeah, like now he's mustache twirling, you know. <laughs> exactly, he's yeah. like we haven't had that since the first game in RE4R. Like yeah, we just haven't yeah. had that, you know, from him, and we want it. Everyone wants it, which is why we were so happy to see the Wesker in RE4R. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, but yeah, you've heard everything else. Uh, I like Shaver is in contrast. Shaver is uh, I think she's excellently written. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want more, but I think that is also a testament to the VA and the writing for her. Like as as well. Like if you want more, it means you know there's something there for you to latch onto. Um, mm-hmm. but judging by what followed after five, uh, she was forgotten like everyone else who isn't Chris and Leon. Um, <laughs> it. It frustrates me when I, I play these games, and like I, I can see other people's frustrations. You know, now I'm part of the fandom, and I'm, I understand a little bit more, or a lot more than I used to. I yeah. get why people were so upset. You know, like it's it's it is. I think the Jill thing is the one I'm most annoyed with because I, right. I think I said this when like Steve and I were playing, and uh, you know, she started talking to Chris like she was a wayward sheep. You know. I was like, this is Jill Valentine. You know? Next time we see her, like, she's just on the phone. <laughs> you know? It's like, I wanted more, like, from her. And I hope if we get re- reimagining, we will see more from her. Really do hope we see. And, you know, judging by what we've seen with RE- RE3R, you know, um, yeah, it looks like we may do, maybe. And the, the voice actor is fantastic for her. Um, perfect for her in my opinion but yeah that's my bit about characters mm. Steve how do you feel about the cast of uh, Resident Evil 5 oh god I've got to pull a pin on that grenade um, <laughs> so okay. this is a messy one for me really uh, across the board there are good things and bad things uh, I think yes uh, much like Sai I, I initially a younger Steve 
thought Wesker was cool because he was doing his acrobatic things. But on older Steve, looking at the whole lens of the entire franchise, I could argue he's decent until he runs his hand through Spencer's chest. And then he goes from being like any kind of interesting smoking man villain in the background, scheming and ruining things, to literally, and the world will burn in an inferno of complete global <laughs> saturation. He's literally just James Marcus's child at that point. Mm. Uh, it's, it's not good, is it? And to counterbalance it though, Chris, his first time having a whole game to himself, none of this sharing the spotlight as in, you know, Jill or Chris, Claire, then Chris, it's his game. I mean, yeah, you play Colt with Sheva, but she's there as his, like, you know, his, his support, his centre. She's not really right. there to settle the score with Wesker or save Jill, you know? And, and basically seeing punished Chris being portrayed by Roger Craig Smith is actually a very solid performance, all things, I think. Like I could say, I can see why a lot of people would say that's the best Chris right there because he's miserable. <laughs> he's got feelings, he's got emotions, and then he's got you know, uh, he's got Shava backing him up, being his like centre, so to speak, when he shakes or grounds. Although there was at one point where that revolve is reversed briefly, and then you've got poor Josh, who's just a soldier trying to do his job. He's okay if a little bit more developed in DLC, which I don't think we're talking about really today, sorry. You know, he's just there to be that nice guy who gets them to one place and then buggers off for a bit. Yeah. Jill doesn't get enough screen time. Simply <laughs> simply yeah. put, Jill doesn't get enough screen time. I think what, what she gets, I actually kind of like as a tired, weary Jill, just trying to like, oh crap, I forgot to mention this, I best do. Uh, you know that stuff and like you're the only one who can to motivate Chris because he's just had the crap kicked out of him by evil twirling sunglasses man eh yeah and then no one's even mentioned Excella <laughs> who yeah who I mean don't wrong yeah. striking design right I get you're going for the horny teenagers in the audience great okay I, I can get behind what's the term oh god there's a modern term for this titillation <laughs> well, no, no I mean the personality um Somewhere between girl boss and simp at the same time. Right. Right? Mm. Uh, I can get that, because people usually call Ada a femme fatale. I feel like this is a a mess up of that concept. She's like trying mm. to be one, but she's just a simp for Wesker. But whenever Wesker's not around, she can sort of call an intimidating figure. Does that make any sense? Mm. She's a football like, mum. She's a football <laughs> <laughs> She's a soccer mum. <laughs> uh, but again, like... Clearly that much of an important character, no one's mentioned her so far. Uh, despite being principally the secondary antagonist. Don't worry, Steve, you're just adding more fuel to the fire that I'm about to unleash. But <laughs> By all means, get the first. kerosene out. We need to um, stop any crimson heads. <laughs> I'm currently very upset that nobody even mentioned the Jersey guy. Or <laughs> but his name was... Irving. Um, Irving, that's right. <laughs> Um, you guys I, are just here for the fireworks show. Boom! Right. Um, another cartoon <laughs> character. Another for cartoonish sure. villain. Yeah. I think what we're all missing about Wesker's transformation from conniving, um, calculating, cool, mm. collected traitor, um, is the fact that the T-virus is in itself degenerative. And as such, in the time between he was infected to when you meet him in 2008 his mind's just gone like there's nothing left so the actual law reason is um because he figured out that spencer had basically done mind games on him as a kid like all the wesker children are programmed to seek out spencer 
And when he realised that, I think that's apparently what's kind of broken him because he's free of that now, that mind control, and then <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. But I don't hate that that, like, now his mind is free. Oh, no, his mind has been wrecked by the virus that Birkin gave him. I don't yeah. hate that as a, as a headcanon, to be honest. Um, so, but ultimately speaking, um, y'all, y'all have said what, what could be said. Sheva um, and Jill both, I think, get you know, done dirty mm-hmm. uh, in this game. I, I do remember hearing that the actress who played Sheva had a, got some flack for, for participating in the game, given its themes, what happens in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember I feel bad about that, but you know she was great, um, and you know we we do have the Chris that we have now came out of this game. Yeah, I don't have much more to add about the characters. Mm-hmm. Like they they everybody that's not the three that we talked about a bunch already um, don't matter. Mm, it's true, and that's the thing, right? And uh, I don't want to. Anger any portions of our audience by going on a big feminist rant, but I think it's fair to say that there are only two characters in this game that matter, and everyone else is basically there to prop them up in some way, shape, or form. You know, as Steve, you just said, Excella basically is there to tell you how cool Wesker is, and no, oh, I'm simping for Wesker and all this stuff. Um, and Jill and Sheva are basically there to yeah, send to Chris to tell him to carry on going to talk to him like a mature adult so he can carry on shooting and punching things like it's just about two just asshole men who want to kill each other and yep. that's about it like the women do nothing they add nothing to the story which really sucks because this is a Resident Evil and it shouldn't be like that and it wasn't like that until this point and thankfully it's not like it anymore it, um, uh, it fails the Bechdel test. Of course it does. I mean, yeah, like, without question. Um, it's it's weird, right? Because, I mean, 4 obviously wasn't great female characters either, unfortunately. Um, but before then, we just had Jill, you know, main character in her own game. She's an equal parts protagonist in 1, so is Claire. And thankfully... Six gets things a little bit better by having some more female characters that are equal on equal footing with the male counterparts, um, and hopefully we'll get more of it in the future as well. Um, I'm sure we will, but it's a weird one, this one. When you look at it through that lens, it kind of stinks a little bit, or it's just about two macho dudes that want to punch each other, and uh, the female characters are just kind of set-dressing. They don't really add anything to the story, which is really unfortunate, because shouldn't be that way. February 12th, 1967. We've hit the metaphorical brick wall. We brought the progenitor flower back from Africa and attempted to cultivate it here. The initial culture samples of the progenitor virus have not shown DNA-altering characteristics. We cultivated the flower to mass-produce the progenitor virus. At first, everything proceeded smoothly. The plants were strong and grew quickly. In a short amount of time, they flowered. But here is when a major problem surfaced. The flowers did not contain the progenitor virus. Perhaps the environment in which they've grown triggers the development of the virus. This matter must be investigated further. March 23rd, 1967. We've made no progress. We've tried cultivating the flower under different conditions, but with no luck in triggering development of the virus itself. Thus far, we have tried changing the soil, water, temperature, and light exposure. 
all with no success. I got into a heated debate with Dr. Marcus about the direction this research was taking. During that debate, Mr. Spencer interjected some foolhardy notion of starting a company. Without the progenitor virus, there's no point in starting a company. Does he not see that? It's all pointless. Let's move on, though. I don't want to bore anyone, everyone too much. Let's talk about BOWs. Let's talk about monsters, because this is an interesting one indeed. As I said, like Resident Evil 4 had its... I feel like it kind of worked by having its own little roster. Like There was obviously lots of questions about Resi 4's creature design, and I, I can pick holes and say, well, why does this thing mutate this way? But it kind of worked because it was its own dark fairy tale thing. At this point, we're just getting into the era of these are just big beasties. The Pragus, give it to a bat, it's got a caterpillar bum for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> just getting it's into science, nonsense. Science. <laughs> yeah. But there you go. James, how do you feel about the creature design, the boss fights, and so on? Uh, yeah, so the BOWs in, in, Resi, in Resi 5 are like a testament to the consistency within the series, to be honest. Um, I have some good things to say. Um, mm. Like, before this game came RE4 and we met the Plaga and we see evolutions of that same parasite in this game as well. Like, several different evolutions, actually. Like, and they are on a different level, Like, but it, it feels familiar as well, but, yeah. but also different at the same time. They've done well with it, I think. Um, like, we all love our zombies, right? Uh, but they can get stale. <laughs> you could say, right. yeah, you could say the enemies in this game are also zombies, but in a different suit. Uh, mm. But they also do have something more, I think. Um, uh, yeah, I think we all love returning characters, you know. Uh, and Capcom seems to put more effort into returning their BOWs than actual human beings to fight them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, like Resi 5 is some of the biggest bombastic BOWs you see in the series, like from Whale Irving <laughs> to oh, whatever Excel turned into. <laughs> I don't mm. know what that was. Um Unfortunately, some of the bigger BOWs in this game are also the most boring to deal with. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, a shoot it until it dies without like adding much in the way of critical thinking. <laughs> and uh, no Capcom QTEs don't count, okay? I had to turn those things off on, on PC, and they were still a pain in the butt like to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, however, some of the most interesting fights in this game, like uh, I'm going to butcher this name probably, but the Popo Karamu. Is it yeah. Papa Karamu? Yes. Um, yeah. The Batapillar. No, I, I called it the Batapillar, yeah. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, which it needed you to bait it into Exposer so you could shoot its butt, essentially. And then, the, you know, Steve mentioned earlier on the Reaper, which seems to be this game's version of the Hunter, which is probably why you're mm. afraid of it, Steve. Mm. <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> But if you do shoot well and you keep your distance, you can take out, take out its weak points, which like change, which is very cool. Like it changed every time you shot it a few times. It's mm. like a nice uh, addition. Uh, while it was off, uh, is there any reason why it was like obfuscating your vision or like blinding you? It just hates me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a there's a wide range of BOWs in this game. Uh, some questionable with their usage. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and weren't really needed to be included, to be honest. But uh, nothing a reimagining can't fix. Wink. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I fall also into mixed bag for me. Uh, some of the boss fights are pretty bad. The Endesu is terrible, which is the uh, El Gigante's cousin, brother, whatever. 
uh, where you sit on the back of the <laughs> jeep and just fire, aim you know needlessly at it for hours on end until it dies, while avoiding quick time events, and that's about it, as you kind of alluded to there. I think the Reapers are really cool as a sort of continuation of insectoid BOWs, very you know Chimera and Drain Demos E. I think the Lickers, uh, I think it's interesting that everyone criticises Resident Evil Revelations for sort of killing the Hunter's impact by throwing loads of them at you, but Resident Evil 5 does the same with the Licker Betas, and uh, they look rubbish as well, and I think they look terrible. Yeah. So I don't like the new Lickers, the new Lickers, this game is 15 years old. Um, I don't. <laughs> I wasn't really a big fan of that. But some of the, yeah, some of the boss fights are really good. You've, you've called out one of the better ones, certainly. Um, and a Magini sort of variation is pretty cool problematic stuff aside um yeah i will pick holes in how they're just nonsense creatures sure but uh, in terms of fighting the majority of them decent decent time bergs how do you feel about the monsters um i feel better about um how encounters are designed i suppose more than i have more passionate feelings about the monsters yeah that's fair no that's fair um i think i'll admit that that's probably a big part of like because i played so much mercenaries mode and that's what they that's what the game becomes when you mm. when you play a bunch of that is like um less appreciation appreciating the visuals but I, i'll agree with with james that it, it they are pretty consistent with their design i think one mm. of the most interesting things I think about this game that I remember hearing was there was a YouTube video where somebody had removed one of the post-processing filters on the game. That's like a like a yellow greenish oh, haze. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And indicated a like a like a theorized head cannon that the Ouroboros started off as the nemesis because all the tentacles used to be purple. Mm. Um, so when you take away that green haze, a lot of the enemies have this like vibrant purple color, which I you know, I, I thought made it look more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I agree that the, the liquors were kind of, you know, meh looking, uh, especially seeing them again when um, James was playing the game. For a game that came out when it is, they do look really good still. Still, the game holds up right. well. Yeah. Um, but design but no, I really like the fights mm-hmm. against the monsters that kind of utilize the fact that like somebody has to be a distraction so that the one person can do the thing. Um, fun levels of co-op engagement like that are mm. great for encounter design. Um, I I have certain nostalgia for uh, like particular encounters, definitely, and mm. and some of these designs. To be fair, like I think execution of Magini, which is the guy in the hood with the big hammer, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of like Pyramid Head, I guess. It's a it's a pretty basic design. I actually kind of like it. I have a bit of a nostalgic twinge for it at this point. It works for me. Maybe not Chainsaw Man. It's kind of a bit too far on the on the nose, but I do like Big Hammer, bro. Um, Steve, how do you feel about the BOWs? I feel like I've been the most critical of everyone on this podcast about pretty much everything. So, <laughs> so be, feel free to be surprised when I say that. I think the enemy roster is pretty great. Like, generally speaking, mm. as an evolution of the Ganados, the, the transformations, some of them they throw out are wild. Like, seeing a man go from a, a generally grumpy-looking fella to then a man-crab that can eat you is uh, it's pretty cool, <laughs> especially when that's in the, the middle of a fracas with another, like, 20 dudes. Yeah. Pretty awesome. We still have, you know, wibbly tentacle one going... 
which is unpleasant. But you know, generally speaking, like the the diversity of the Magini, and and I don't mean that in the you know the the, the awkwardness of this conversation about you know the race and setting of Africa. I mean the general move set and weapons they have and their transformations yeah. are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <clears throat> to to further narrow the point that I don't like power tool enemies in an RE game except for really, I feel like they're just playing that one note. Chainsaw Magini can bugger off, right? We've got. Just put the axe yeah. man in things more, because again, it looks right. a bit if you squint and maybe you've got salt in your eyes, like a pyramid head knockoff. But he's he's got a bit of personality to it. He groans rather humorously when you kick him around. It's funny. <laughs> uh, uh, on the liquor debate, I feel like they could have probably been an Ouroboros creature instead. That would have made more sense. Like they just mm-hmm. look like the liquors that we know, but they've put on a lot of. They, they've hit the gym a few times. But they unfortunately can't can't resist bullets all that greatly. Mm. Uh, as for the, the the rest of the monsters, and Des- and can go jump off a bridge because that is just El Gigante, Rubbish. but but tedious. Like and El Gigante wasn't exactly not tedious to be fair. Let's be real. <laughs> uh, the giant enemy crab, much better than Heavenly Sword. I thought the giant enemy crab in this U eight <laughs> is actually a satisfyingly fun boss fight, especially since there's multiple ways to kill it. Even if it is ridiculous, appears from nowhere, has no real build up. It's just like, hey, I'm a boss. I'm, I'm the mm. boss for this weekend. Let's have some fun. And boy, fun we had. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what I want to give a big shout out for is the Ouroboros monsters themselves. Is Oh my God, Resident Evil, you finally did it. You made a leech monster that was actually a fun yes. fight and not a frustrating yes. one. Like, except one giant asterisk is when how the hell are you meant to fight the, the second one in any logical cut fashion? This is... Pulling directly from mine and size most recent playthrough, okay? We were fighting that thing for 30 bloody minutes, and it just wasn't mm-hmm. dying. And I don't understand the concept of the mechanics of a fight where you have an infinite ammo flamethrower that can just drag out. The other stuff, great. Like, generally speaking, as a mechanical thing and the creatures, fantastic. Reapers, terrifying. I think the internal airbag thing is a bit much, but, you know, cool. And then we've got Gatling Gun Magini again. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're okay. I, the first Euroboros fight is really cool. Like the little gimmick of getting him in the room and burning him's fun. Especially again, a great example of the co-op stuff there. If you do it right, it's obviously really easy, but it's still fun that you get to do something different to uh, finish that encounter. And also, you know, it's worth saying because it kind of fits in here when it comes to boss fights. I don't much care for the final boss but the first Wesker fight is really really cool and again comes down to the gimmick being fun of her firing the rockets at him and him catching it and you trying to blow it up in his face and all that business plus the music rocks for that part um so big fan of that so the boss fights of this game I think largely hit and Desu's a bit of a stinker I'm not massively keen on the Excella creature or maybe Irving they're not that interesting but the rest of them like the non non character ones uh, are pretty good um, speaking of great music and as you said removing the green filter and so on let's talk about the aesthetics of the game the way, the, way it looks the way it sounds uh, Bergs how do you feel about Resident Evil 5's visuals at this point um I think the game looks great when it came out, mm-hmm. um, which is to say I had already said that it looks great still. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about my initial impressions of the visuals, I don't recall it feeling cel-shaded back then. So I don't know if I'm gaslighting myself into seeing it now <laughs> um, or it's always been there and I just 
you know, didn't notice it. Um, I, I had mentioned that like, so there was there was a, a person on YouTube that had like removed a green filter from. I mean, even looking at the screenshot that we have up in the uh, um, Discord channel, it's like there's a haze over everything, so everything yeah. kind of looks greenish and brown, which it's not super appealing to play through. Um, it looked like a fine. It looked like it was intended to look like and uh, fit fit the setting of of the game that you were told it was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it served its purpose of being uh, in terms of the visuals. They did well at conveying the bombastic like, bombastic nature of the game uh, and the storyline with our cartoon characters. <laughs> uh, and later provided a wonderful platform with which to to play mercenaries for a hundred hours. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I liked how sound design as recent in Resident Evil games has always been pretty good in mm-hmm. terms of like how satisfying your menu clicks but are your your combinations the sounds of the weapons yeah. um, sounds of the monsters like stuff like when you're playing the game it kind of makes it easy to get into it and you get into your rhythm and your flow um, there's no sounds that I can think of that really take me out of it aside from like an odd funny one that you hear and remember um, like one from Resident Evil Four for me is is when you'd shoot somebody and they go mierda, yeah, <laughs> and that just like sticks in your head for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it's t- yes, normal Resident Evil stuff in terms of aesthetics. Uh, I think the aesthetics are visually are, are worse than another's. Uh, I think they course corrected well in that regard, mm-hmm. um, but auditorily. I think is that I don't know if that's a word, mm-hmm. um, but you know, sensory aside from visual, uh, <laughs> I think the game was played and and did wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the green filter for Resident Evil Five is an interesting thing. It's a really interesting choice, and I think that I've always thought this, and having played it recently, I still think, and I have just played it on PC for the first time as well. So it's almost kind of like getting an extra, like a different look at it. A little bit, because I probably played it back on the day on a, yeah, and a, like a, not necessarily a CRTV, but definitely a, a TV of the era, probably not HD. Um, I think that it's always been one of the most visually pleasing games in the series, um, and it maintained that title for a very long time, and I still think it looks very, very nice, even with the green filter. So it's really interesting to look at it with it off as well. Like, you know, your mileage may vary on what way you prefer. But it's certainly interesting, an interesting choice. And overall, it's just a very pretty game. It definitely helps that most of the settings are interesting, either sort of broadly to look at. Like, oh, it's an interesting sort of skybox, if you will, or whatever. Or, or just have some very well-designed sort of combat encounter rooms, one after the other. Um, a lot of it's very different to the rest of the series in terms of locations and the places that you move through. Um, so visually... Still think it's one of the best games in that regard. Like there's a lot of good design work, not just the graphics, but the actual design itself. Voice performance across the board is very, very good. Uh, Ricardo Irving is f- ridiculous and fun. Chris and Sheva have great chemistry. Wesker sucks, um, and I don't. And I think that is because I don't like this version of him. It certainly doesn't help. But I just what what is going on with his accent? Like sometimes he's British, sometimes he's not. It's just bizarre. Um, that's a bit of a stinker, unfortunately. I think everyone else is pretty good, though. And the music, I think it's functional. Like, there are some really good tracks that have stood out to me on the most recent playthrough. 
Um, but as is the case with a sort of action-packed game, sometimes it does sort of become background noise while you're concentrating on what you're doing. Um, it's definitely not bad in any fashion, I'd say that much. I mean, we'd, we'd need a uh, more concentrated listen to it to get into most of it properly, but nothing ever stood out to me as like, this seems out of place or whatever, certainly, and there are some really good tracks, definitely. Um, Steve, how do you feel about the aesthetics of Resident Evil 5? Oof, right, I'm going to come out with a controversial take, everybody. <laughs> I think that you could make games looking like this now and it'd be fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I'm totally okay with that. Oh, um, like for, for for an early 2000s game, you know, piss filter included, it, it's fine. I, 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 can get, I can get behind this because I've seen the film Black Hawk Down and know the kind of vibe they're going for. It helps. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I'm not saying that there are some visuals that aren't improved, like Uruboros being purple instead of black. Yes, I, I am on board with that. Uh, but mm. it's, it's not a deal breaker to be having to play it with you know the, the amber beer filter over the top of it. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, generally speaking, like the environments look good, the character models look good, the enemies look good, everything sounds appropriate. You know, the guns and stuff—they all have a satisfying click, clunk, reload. You've got that nice MP5 slap. It's all really groovy. Uh, <laughs> voice, uh, voice actor performance—I'm pretty much on the same page as Sai. Generally speaking, uh, I'm not going to go into the weeds with it. I think some are better than others. I find Irving very funny. Like, younger me found him hilarious. Now I just find him very funny. Uh, standout <laughs> is still Roger Craig Smith as depressed Chris. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, that, that and Patricia Jarley, for what little line she gets as Jill, and bear in mind I thought she was a bit mid in Umbrella Chronicles, I feel like she was a fantastic Jill for what little we had in Agreed. this game. You know, pretty good. Uh, shout out again for TJ Storm as Josh. Like, as, uh, you know, big brother fella. More so in the DLC than this. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Musically, uh, as the fighting game player in the room, I believe Berg plays some as well. I shouldn't really take that crown off myself. But a lot of the tracks from this game specifically get used for various characters afterwards. Like, Chris's theme, I believe, is the Mercenaries one. And Jill and Wesker's themes are the boss fight themes from this one. Yeah. Right. Pretty good. Pretty good. Like, good little earworms. Have we done a now that's what I call survival We've horror? not. Not for RE5. Surprising, considering that I think a lot of the there are some character themes in this more so than others. Mm, uh, okay. Yeah, generally speaking. So yeah, all are, uh, again, I, I guess on a positive note, Steve not being a grumpy, miserable soft for five minutes. Who'd have thought? Uh, yeah, <laughs> audio visuals are all pretty solid. Also, uh, yeah, uh, DC Douglas sucks. <laughs> There's a lot of sheen on this product. Certainly, I think that's important, and that was. I think a conceited effort, and it absolutely should have been, because they're going bigger than ever. They are targeting a wider audience, going for Xbox, which had a more American uh, audience. Which I know, obviously, they've always kept that in mind anyway, because I think Resident Evil was intended with that in mind from the beginning somewhat. But obviously, they're going, okay, we're going bigger than ever. We're going to make a big action game co-op. Um, so clearly, it feels like care has been taken on all those regards and it shows james how do you feel about the aesthetics of resident evil 5 uh first of all yeah i just want to pick up on the uh, the wesker va thing it's because he's a bad voice actor yeah that's why no, never, nothing about anything else he's just bad at his job like and i don't understand how he's actually got these roles mm. um but yeah so i mentioned in the gameplay section that a lot of the horror was gone from the franchise in re5 um, and the aesthetic is def definitely attributes to that. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it's bright, it's well lit, you can see around every corner, even in the darkest points in this game. Mm -hmm. Right? 
again, weird with Resi because, like, we got we went from you know Resident Evil Four, which was very neutral colors, but still that kind of it wasn't really a horror game, but there were some horror aspects to it. And then like, the games before that were quite dark, and you also had the horror of the fixed camera angle too, right? But yeah, this game looks really good for a 2009 game. Like even now, there's AAA games that come out this year and in yeah. recent years that RE5 almost looks as good as. Mm-hmm. Like playing this game made me think mm-hmm. how far we've actually come with graphical fidelity. Like there's clear leaders, you know, in the field uh, when it comes to that. But if you look at everyone below that that point, we've not really improved that much. <laughs> Since it's all then. incremental, isn't it, at this point? So Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. it could also be a testament to the visuals of RE5 as well. Like, and how how hard they've worked. And they clearly worked very hard. Like, they were attempting realis- realism, but with a mix of caricature as well with this with this game. After this game, they released God knows how many others in the MT Framework engine. Not just, not just Resident Evil titles, but you've also got, like, I think everything up until Revelations 2. You've got... All of the Street Fighter Four Pantheon. You've got like some of the Monster Hunter games. You've got Lost Planet One, Two, and Three. They are all very good looking games for the time and even mm. now. Like mm. it's it's amazing that the jump to RE Engine. Don't get me wrong, it's great. It's consistent, but they really, in some ways, didn't really need to. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always I'm always pleasantly surprised every time I play this game. Like I always look at it and go, "Wow, this this is a really good game. This is a really good looking game." It always surprises me. It takes me back. Um, but even with how good the game looks, uh, I did find that a lot of the locations, I mentioned this earlier, a lot of the locations are forgettable. Um, it might be because of the greeny yellow filter, which I did take off. I wanted a vanilla experience. Um, but like at the top of my head right now, I can only think of uh, two or three locations at the top of my head. And I literally stopped playing it two days ago. <laughs> like it, so, like it doesn't take away from how good the game looked, though. But but each of those locales, they they needed some like a little bit more personality because, like, they didn't have much. Uh, okay, no, another locale just popped into my head: the ship. Like it's just, <laughs> I'll forget that tomorrow, though. They it, it needed a bit more personality, and I'm glad that they might have taken that on board because in future games. You know, like the remakes, for instance, and I'll forget about Resi Six, but like the remakes, like those, like the remakes have really tried hard, to, hard to add character to the locations. Mm. It's weird. I wonder almost, and it's just theorizing. I don't necessarily know if I agree with my own point here, but I wonder if the the case is because Resident Evil Five is a much quicker moving game, so you just get through it quicker. Whereas Resident Evil, the remakes recently you have to move at a slower pace because of the uh, the tone of the games and the way the combat works. Mm. Um, so maybe that's why. Um, and Resident Evil 5 is just like that there is more of it, so you you have to speed through it. But I don't disagree. Like I, Even though I played this to death when it came out, I'll go back to it infrequently now. But when I do, I'm like, I really don't remember it. Most of the locations... Like, I can't conjure up many locations in my head. When I get to them, I'm like... Oh yeah, it's this bit. Oh, I remember this room. Like Steve heard me do that so many times. Like, oh yeah, this is the bit with this guy coming out when he's he's got the Gatling gun or whatever. Like, I, I know where we are now. Um, I had a lot of those moments where I was like, oh yes. But, but even I'm trying even, to think of it in my head, like all I can think about is public assembly and the. Le- I love the lake because the lakes in remake four. They basically just did the yeah. same thing again. There's even a chicken island. I thought that was great. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, I don't know, for some reason, every time I, it just sort of slides out of my head pretty quickly. Which is weird, because I, I think it's great. Design is great. Yeah, like, it, it's, it's a strange one. Like, I... When I play it back, I, there are actual locations I completely forget about. And I'll go mm. into it and go, I don't remember this. I'm like Gandalf <laughs> in the Mines of Moria, you know? I have I have no idea, no memory of it at all. And then I go through it, you know, and then I'll get to the next Oh, I remember this section. I don't why they just don't stick into my head. You know, mm. uh, everything else seems to, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's just this game. And when it comes to the VA serviceable, I really like Shava. I really like how she... Um, she isn't used in this game and she isn't acted um, as if she is like a love interest like yeah. to anybody she's yeah. just uh, you know little or big sister you know she's she, she's well acted in that respect a very neutral character um, which I think is probably why I wanted to know more about her mm. um, I don't have anything to say about Chris because I just don't I don't I this is perhaps my least favorite version mm. of Chris Okay, because I just fair. he he's still as cardboardy to me, like in this, like that. I mean, there's there's one moment where I go, oh, emotion, and that's where he reaches out towards Shaver outside the uh, when she she's just about to drop out the airplane. You know, um, I saw some emotion in that uh, at performance there, um, but still, I don't really like it very much. So I don't want to harp on about it. But um, yeah, and Josh, uh, I, do you know? Josh, I completely forgot about, um, but then there was one moment where he drops them off uh, at the island and he comes back on the on the boat and he just smiles to himself, right? And I was like, that's, one, that's really cute, but also a little bit sinister. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ha I'm getting away, you know? Um, yeah, I found that quite interesting. Uh, when it comes to the, mu- the music and the audio, yeah, it's Resident Evil, you know, they do great with the weapon sounds and stuff. Um, there were some moments in this game where there was silence, which was weird. Uh, the silence was a little bit too long sometimes. Mm. Um, like, I think, uh, come top of my head, liquor section. Uh, yeah. And sometimes music just wouldn't... This is just more bugs rather than quality of music, but sometimes music just wouldn't start. Oh, um, yeah, which was strange. Uh, might be a PC thing, though. Uh, mm. But yeah, that's my take on aesthetics and stuff. Mm. Um, do we want to take some time to talk about mercenaries? I don't know, Bergs, if you've made like a bunch of mercenaries notes because you seemed quite impassioned about it. We've got time to do that if you want to talk about mercs. Uh, I can talk about mercs. Um, for, for folks that don't know, mercenaries mode has been, well, it was at time a, a fixture in, in Resident Evil, whether it was called the the battle game or itself mercenaries. Um, which is a game mode that's usually unlocked after you beat the game. Uh, and is more of an arcade shooter style um, where you pick a character that has a specific loadout and you go for a mm-hmm. high score. Um, Resident Evil 5's, those characters, what was really cool is because the mechanics of the game like added a bunch of like melee attacks. Every character's melee attacks were different. So um, as you played through, you got your money, you you bought and, and got new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you were unlocking like you got a bunch of cool stuff like um for example when you unlocked wesker he his melee attack would just level an entire um column of enemies because um, this big you know punch thing uh it was nice because it was fast it was it was always a time limit that you can extend but I'll, I'll, i 
don't recall if you could extend it indefinitely, but it always ran out and you were always trying to get the, the points and it was frantic and chaotic. And um, we, we'd mentioned briefly Gears of War earlier. Yeah. Um, and Gears of War had a similar mode that they called Horde Mode, where it was just wave defense. But it was always you could kind of post up, and but you couldn't in in, fi- in Mercenaries Mode. You, you kind of had to go around and find, like, your power-ups or your extra times. And you kind of had to do it together because enemies would surround you. You had this feeling of, like, you know, you had to have your, your, your partner's back. Um, and... You know, we we'd mentioned how this game was always like it feels like this game was just, you know, co-op game first, and then they added the Resident Evil into it. Hmm. Um, I think this game really set the again. There's a reason I mentioned playing hundreds of hours of it over years is because it was fun and engaging. Hmm. I, I loved it, obviously. I never played that much of it, which is really weird. Or maybe I, I don't know. Like me and this friend that were going for the thousand G. I don't know if there was many achievements associated with mercenaries if there was i must have played it but i don't really have any memory of it i remember as i say replaying the same missions over and over again to upgrade all the weapons and stuff but i don't have strong mercenaries memories then this is sort of goes back this is like a long-standing thing as we know at this point because i didn't really do it with re4 either um so that was kind of like a fresh experience for me when we did that episode um last year or whenever it was or the year before um so yeah, I mean, I've dabbled a little bit. I've actually dabbled more, <laughs> more, quote-unquote. We played, like, two or three games, but that's probably more than I remember, um, Of for the Mercenaries United, which is the DLC one, which will probably be a, a whole episode at some point by itself. Well, not by itself. With the rest of the Resident Evil 5 DLC, we'll probably do a whole thing on that at some point. So I don't have a lot to say right now. I'm kind of excited to get into it, because obviously it's like the first co-op mercenary not like it is the first co-op mercenaries that resident evil ever did steve you're obviously a big fan of this stuff how do you where do you come down on re5 mercenaries uh as much as people would say that re6 has the better compact and gameplay i actually feel like this is the best rendition of it ever and this includes mm. four remake all right and i don't mm. i don't don't dismiss four remakes i just feel four remakes is a little too easy like generally speaking you can rip that game a new one in seconds uh, whereas you actually have to at least scale up a bit for RE5s every character's unique, every character's got uh, a different set of moves and there's like six or so maps uh, I, I, there's, there's room to grow with RE5 mercenaries that they added on with the DLC, so Lost in Nightmares and Desperate Escape respectively, adding two, you know, two characters each uh, yeah, it's a fun time. Uh, obviously, as Berg's already talking, you, you go into an area, you kill so many dudes. The, the, the time limit is uh, expandable, and you can do melee kills to get more. You have to kill 150 enemies total, and then the game just mm. ends. Uh, it's yeah, it's at launch we were playing it casually. Then the multiplayer DLC, the the Slayers and Survivors mode dropped. Me and a few of the Xbox Live Online crowd that I was running with would literally boot the game up and have a quote-unquote gentleman's agreement to not shoot each other in this, in this survivor's mode just so we could have four-player mercenaries. Like, you know, ad hoc. Basically, everyone was in the same arena so we could shoot things. But we had to not shoot <laughs> each other so we could do that. And it's like, yeah, clearly, this is uh, surprisingly the best like counterpoint to something like the Horde modes that would, like, be following on from Gears of War. I think the other close allegory would be your World at War, Call of Duty Zombies stuff. Mm. Like, uh, but obviously there's a bit more meta to this, as you have your combo attacks, your time bonuses, and all that. I suppose you get your, your ray guns or whatever the frig. I don't play Call of Duty. Like, you know, I, I play good games. 
Uh, so, so, <laughs> so basically, what I'm saying is that why this hasn't seen some kind of like arcadey mm. port or rendition since the 3DS. I know it's been said before. People say bring back Outbreak. I'm saying bring back Mercenaries. Yeah, I don't disagree uh, after uh, experiencing here, here. a little bit of fun. Yeah. Uh, after the podcast, I'm literally going to try and kidnap the gang to play a four-player in the old-school way, just so you know, everybody. Okay, good to know. I uh, Yeah, I mean, we said it about four hours, Mercenaries, you know, whereas the co-op, that's the thing that we wanted most out of it and we sadly didn't get. So uh, I would like to see that in future, certainly. Um, okay, well, we will return to Mercenaries in a future podcast, like I say, and give it a bit more time to itself. Um, but for now, let's wrap up Resident Evil 5 and our conclusions on the game, our final feelings on Resident Evil 5. Uh, Bergs, where do you come down on where Resident Evil 5 sits for you in the pantheon of Resident Evil games? Hmm. Um, it definitely sits middling, middling top of my, my pantheon, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, I really... I'm putting it there because of the amount of time, the good times I remember having playing yeah, it more than the content of the game itself, which mm-hmm. is valid. Um, I think it it changed, it, it helped to change action games uh, b- between Resident Evil 4 and then some of the uh, changes they made to this. Um, thinking about other games that kind of took the beat from here and uh, changed their... Uh, future titles. I don't remember if Dead Space came up before or after this game, um, but the sequel likely came out after, and the sequel, like the f- sequel, like this one, mm. also simplified its its gameplay in a way from the previous mm. to um, a more action-oriented um, style, which then continued on to the third Dead Cells game, which incidentally was co-op. Yeah. Um, and we, it's you can't argue with style. Like if they, if I were to see, and I, I mentioned, I joked earlier, but um, as good as this game, as old as it is, this could probably run on my cell phone. So we, if I see Resident <laughs> Evil Five mobile, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, I think that um, there's no arguing with numbers either. And game sold like hotcakes. A lot of people loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a lot of people's Resident Evil game, and, and I respect this. Year. I respect it for, for, for that contribution as well. Mm. Uh, I've been trying to quantify it on my list. I would put it probably at five below below like remake Resident Evil Four. Um, nice, it's pretty high up. It is. But I completely I like, understand I, it. I enjoy it. I completely understand it. Like yeah. you're right. It's just it's just fun, and I'm sure a, you know a good number of those sales were. Hey, I went around my friend's house, and they were playing fun zombie blasting game and maybe we played it together if they had an extra controller and I'm going to go get myself a copy and it was fun and that's sim- yeah. I'd say I put so many hours into this even having a mixed opinion on some of it because I still was like I don't know gameplay wise it is fun but a gameplay is and this is not what I'm as you said Bergs this is not what I'm looking to get out of Resident Evil but I can't deny that I'm just having a lot of fun the storyline is something that I was looking to get out of Resident Evil and I'm quite happy not the Chris Chase Wesker story so much but the the lore stuff I really appreciate that's why it ranks higher for me than some games like I appreciate its contributions to the overall arcing storyline um, and as I say what it does for me for Chris by at least adding a little bit of personality in my opinion um, it's out of the three bioterrorism games your four five and six if that's your era and we're not uh, including revelations. We just take those numbered entries. I think five is my favourite by mm. 
quite some margin probably so it's a weird one because i still have those feelings of icky because it's you know it's, oh no my resident evil is continuing to head in this direction but i think i can feel less icky about it because we've got to the point in the series now where i'm getting more of what i want out of it and this can also exist and i can go back and i can enjoy this and that kind of thing so yes i am a fan it will never be one of my outright favorites but i think it deserves its praise even though i feel steve like you that i've just sat here saying uh, all the bad things about it um steve how do you feel about re5 overall I feel like I just need to control C and then control V that entire thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, it's like we've been tearing at a new one, and I can safely say that while it's not my favourite Resident Evil, I can appreciate that it tried to put an end to like the whole Chris mm. versus Wesker arc. Umbrella was already dead, so it's literally what they had left. Mm. Uh, but what it lacks in its its narrative hooks, the lore building around it's fantastic. And the gameplay yeah. is fantastic. I would argue it's probably like, you know, it's not as over the top as RE6 and it's a little bit more involved than RE4s. So, yeah, on that caveat, of the Suplex trilogy, I believe that's Joe Munch's term, <laughs> I'm still stealing it. Like, yeah, it's, it's the best one, uh, you know, for gameplay, raw gameplay. Is it the mm -hmm. Resident Evil game I want to play on my own if I want a Resident Evil experience? Probably not. Like that, no, you know, they, that, that, well they, said. Normally ends with a two on the end. Uh, may or may not have a remake, depends on what mood I'm in. <laughs> uh, but if I want to play a Resident Evil game with friends, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh, raised eyebrow, uh, it's easily still the best <laughs> multiplayer experience the franchise has had, give or take a few sessions and outbreak we had last year. Like, yeah. generally speaking, we had a fun time with that. But, you know, if you want to shooty blast things with friends, outbreak's not the best for that. So that's what this is for. Yeah, good. Well said. I agree completely. James, where do you come down then on Resident Evil Five? Are we uh, are we rating it? Well, I mean, however you want to conclude. It's not your... in my top five. I mean, that's fine. That's. I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. Maybe in my top ten. Mm -hmm. um, there are there are many that could be on that point, but yeah, it's it it had a departure from the series roots, like you know, focusing on action over horror. Um, I think that polarized fans as well at the time, but it's a commercial success and it paved the way for future experimentation from Capcom as well. Um, the narrative, while I criticized it for familiar tropes, it did expand the series' lore. Um, the visuals it showcased, uh, yeah, showcased an ambition, um, even though I critiqued the location blindness of it and the fact I can't remember a freaking thing from it mm -hmm. um, but Resident Evil 5 it stands as a bit of a contradiction yeah. uh, to me because it it shaped the series through it, both innovation and controversy yes to a certain not extent. to interrupt you but like I had a note here that I didn't say that it's interesting because this sort of perhaps demonstrates Resident Evil sliding full speed down the slope that would eventually land them in Resident Evil 6. So it's a really interesting one that we can sit here and say, it's one of the best, but without it, you don't wind up at that point. It's really interesting to think about what the, what would have happened if Capcom had pulled out of this. and to, Because there was a reaction at the time, it was like, this is too far now, we've lost the horror completely, so this isn't scary at all. What would have happened if Capcom had gone, oh, okay, and made a cross-correction then instead of a little bit later? Don't know. <laughs> Just amusing. 
Nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors, our patrons, and our listeners. Join the first Aid Spray Discord server to become part of our community and hear the show early and unedited. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. All of these links and all our content can be found at fasprayPod.com. You can listen to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcasting apps. And if you like what you hear, please do leave us a review where you can and spread the good word. Don't forget you can support the show by picking up some merch. And I actually probably should have said this anywhere but the end of the show we've got brand new merch there's a praise the moth shirt out so you should go and get that you can also support us at patreon.com forward slash fa spray pod for as little as one dollar a month in our next episode we return to film club to work through our retrospective reviews of biohazard cgi adventures with 2008 leon and claire adventure resident evil degeneration thank you to the panel you can follow all of the Pueblo people individually i'm at signiac underscore one two three steve was at fb steve was taken bergs is at it's burger time and i don't think james are on twitter anymore (laughs) follow me on blue sky there you go link in the description and finally thank you for listening and have a good week (laughs) that's a funny (laughs) outro (laughs) all right I just got I just got so comfy through that podcast. I don't know how my voice sounded. I was just like basically horizontal. <laughs> I'm just chilling out, man. <laughs> <laughs>